The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. As we start to get familiar with just being present for our experience, we can start to recognize there are different processes at work in our organism. And roughly there are you know, processes of body and processes of mind. And in our normal way of relating to experience, very often these, these processes of body and mind get um, conflated. We aren't so aware or really clearly knowing what part of our experience is the physical And what part is our mind's participation in the experience? And while it's not so much something to do, to try to figure this out, it can be revealed as we kind of settle back and notice our experience, notice processes of body and mind. We're just aware of what's being received in our experience. Hearing something about some of the differences or distinctions between body and mind can help us to see it very naturally without looking for it, without trying to figure it out. And so I'm going to talk for just a few minutes about some of this, but the caution I offer is that this is not an instruction of something to do. It's more information of different kinds of processes we can start to see and recognize as different. And just hearing this information, it might be that you start to notice it in this way. And this to me actually kind of begins to also connect with and resonate with the way the Buddha talked about open awareness. There's one very famous text. The Buddha is speaking to a, uh, a person who's come to see him, who's a renunciate, but not one of his followers, is not ordained with him. And... Um, He has some degree of awareness and mindfulness and capacity to practice, but he is asking the Buddha, can you tell me what your teaching is in brief? Can you you give me a summary of your teachings in brief? And the Buddha responds, well, this is how you should practice. This is how you should train. You should train that in the scene is only the scene. 
In the heard is only the heard. In the sensed is only the sensed. In the cognized is only the cognized. This is how you should train yourself. And he goes on to say that when this is the way you uh, connect with experience, this seeing the experience as in the seen is only the seen and the heard is only the heard, and the sensed is only the sensed and the cognized is only the cognized, that the, uh, the mind will understand that this is just processes at work. This is just a conditioned unfolding And the mind will not suffer in understanding that. That the suffering comes through what we add to experience. And so, um, kind of a, there's a possibility of beginning to notice the difference between body and mind. And in this particular uh, teaching, the Five physical senses are expressed in seeing, hearing, and sensing. And the seen is only the seen. So noticing that the seeing part as the seeing. And noticing perhaps the difference that there is a mind part that comes into play when we are experiencing seeing. There's the... um, perhaps a feeling around what's seen, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. There is a perception that happens, a recognition. This is mental. Recognizing a particular shape and form, which is what the eye sees. Recognizing a particular shape and form as a chair or as a person or a tree. So that's mental. That's the mind doing that. And then our re- relationships to these things, the, the seeing of uh, a friend and then the emotional response there. Or even the uh, seeing of something, you know, a piece of trash on the ground and then an emotional response to that. That's mental. And then there's actually just the very simple, simple act of the knowing itself. Just that we know that we're seeing. And that's mental too. And so the, uh, we can begin to, to recognize these differences in our practice. And so one of, the, one of the kind of explorations around this, you know, just you're noticing your experience. And, you know, there's, there's sound that happens. And maybe we don't like the sound. Well, right there, that's a difference. There's the sound, and then there's a mental response of not liking. Maybe there's an experience of unpleasantness that the mind has responded to in the not liking. Again, that's separate from the sound itself. And we can begin to recognize, too, when we often think that the, uh, there's, there's, um, a kind of very tight connection between whether something's pleasant or unpleasant and the experience itself. But we can start to recognize that there are times when we interpret something as pleasant and then other times we interpret the very, the very similar thing as unpleasant. And so, uh, you know, 
72 degrees is pleasant most of the time. But there might be some times where um, if you've... um, Let's say 80 degrees. (laughs) Let's pick 80 degrees. This one may be easier to do. So, you know, sometimes 80 degrees can feel pleasant. Coming out of a long winter, 80 degrees can feel pleasant. But after many days of 80 degrees, it might start to feel unpleasant, especially if you're standing in the sun all the time. And so the, the, the experience of pleasant or unpleasant has a lot to do with context and relationship. And so again, rec- we, we can recognize, we can notice, oh, there's a sound perhaps, and then there's a relationship to it. And recognizing, we can recognize that these are different things at work. And this is, to me, part of what the Buddha pointed to. In the herd is only the herd. There is sound hitting the eardrum. This is, that's hearing happening. And then there's a whole bunch of cognizing that goes with it. We can recognize the sound of a motorcycle. Maybe uh, that's, so that's one part of the, the mind relationship to it. We might recognize a sense of pleasant or unpleasant. We might notice a lot of thoughts about motorcycles. More cognition. And the exploration here isn't to try to stop that cognition, but then to recognize, oh, that's, that's the cognizing part that's happening. So there's hearing and... It's pleasant, or there's hearing and I like it, or there's hearing and a perception of it as whatever it is. There's hearing and the perception of it as a train. Sometimes we can notice that activity in the mind. And and you might notice this in the in the guided meditation. I'll kind of point to this a little bit. This, the, the process in particular of recognizing experience can be a very interesting place that we can begin to uh, notice this difference between what is heard, what is seen, what is sensed, and our mind recognizing what has been heard, seen, or sensed. And so if we're sitting in meditation and we hear the sound, we hear a sound, the sound is just the pitch and tone. It's its kind of increasing volume, decreasing volume. It's how long it happens for. It maybe is a certain pitch and tone and oscillation of, of sound. That's sound at work. That's in the herd. It's only the herd. Just the hearing. And then the mind will recognize it as car. And sometimes that might happen by um, the mind seeing an image of the car. You might notice in your meditation, you're sitting there, you hear the sound of a car, and suddenly there's a picture of a car in your mind. Or you might hear your, hear your, um, a, your voice in your head, your own voice saying, car. That's another way that we identify things. You know, we, there's a little thought in the mind that recognizes that is what's happening. And sometimes we can see this in our meditation so this, uh, this understanding, this distinction between body and mind is important because often we are relating to our experience so much through our, our perceptions, our ideas, our beliefs, 
our views, and we're not aware that, well, there's something happening. There's the seeing of this thing and the hearing of this thing. And then there's this whole, like, tapestry of mental stuff going on that are in relationship to that. And if we're not aware that that is a separate process in the mind, we may, we may just be relating to the experience through that and not aware that that's how we're relating to the experience. So, for instance, you know, you, you, you maybe you hear a motorcycle. Maybe you have a positive associations with motorcycles. And so it creates some delight in the mind and creates a lot of thoughts in the mind about where I could be on a motorcycle going to the beach right now instead of sitting here with my eyes closed in the meditation hall. That is mental formation. If we're not aware of that, then we, we, we get lost. But also we, we start to um, assume or kind of attribute that pleasantness and that kind of a sense of delight to the motorcycle itself and not necessarily to the conditioning that we've been through that created the um, associations that we have with motorcycles. And so this is a very simple kind of silly example in some ways, but you know, somebody else might hear that same motorcycle and have been in an accident on a motorcycle and that is what shapes how they respond to that sound. Fear arises. Maybe a, a sense of, um, um, you know, even some physical pain that might be associated with the accident. You know, these things can come up and be constructed just through the hearing. And we might, again, think it's, it's the sound that's doing this, but it's conditioning. It's the whole way our experience has been shaped that has us respond to experience in a certain way. And we might also, and this maybe can, can take you into a, a different terrain in your, in your mind, but you know, we might believe that, oh, here's my relationship to motorcycles. This is the right relationship to motorcycles. Again, this is a silly example, but it's a, it's a little safer than talking about something else. So this is the right relationship to motorcycles. And everybody should have this relationship to motorcycles, not really recognizing that, that this relationship to motorcycles has been shaped by our own experience. And then we might have judgments and views and opinions about somebody else who has a different relationship to motorcycles. Well, they're just wrong. And so if we're not seeing that we are relating to experience through our own filters, our own views, this is a large place where not only does suffering happen internally when we don't recognize that a lot of our, um, our suffering arises in relationship to what we're experiencing, it's not inherent in the thing that's happening, but it also points to how um, the assumption or the seeing around our experience as being, well, this is how it is. This is, you know, that, that this relationship to motorcycles is the right relationship how much conflict can come in our culture when we don't understand our, um, our experience around that thing as related to view and conditioning. And so this is not only a, a place or a way where we can see just how much we get caught internally, but how much the... Um, 
the ways in which we assume that we're seeing things just as seeing, as hearing, but are actually seeing it through our views, our perceptions, our ideas, how much it contributes to social suffering, how much it contributes to strife in relationship, to not see this distinction between body and mind and recognize it as a distinction. We don't need to stop our views and our we, we often cannot stop it you know what our conditioning is our conditioning but it's really helpful to begin to be aware of these as different processes and as we start to see those mental processes at work we can um, we can recognize that this is happening here and this is this is my conditioning unfolding this is this being's conditioning unfolding and n- perhaps not hold so tightly to it maybe not suffer ourselves over it and maybe not put it on the world as being um, the right way to be experiencing something so the, the kind of exploration around this difference between body and mind is something that can be seen in our meditation. Um, and in this form of practice where we're not um, kind of orienting to look at one thing in particular, sometimes this, this kind of thing can become apparent to us. And we're just noticing what's happening, what's arising. We hear a sound and then suddenly we see an image of a, of a, of a car or a motorcycle. That's what's happening when we're not focusing on trying to pay attention to the breath or something. There's more that's available to be seen in terms of how these processes come into interaction with each other. So I just wanted to offer that as, a, as another piece of something that can be seen this kind of difference between body and mind. And now we'll um, practice a little bit. I'll do a little bit of guiding around this, but not too much. <laughs> 